listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Welcome back to the Defining Yes podcast. My name is Reagan, and today I have the esteemed honor of having Amy Lukey here with me. Amy is like a bonus mom to me. Her daughter, Jordan, is one of my best friends and has been through almost every season that I really needed a best friend for. Amy currently serves as a pastor in Fairmount alongside her husband, who today are celebrating 27 years of marriage, which is incredible. And they've been doing ministry together for 28 years. Amy is the mom of Jordan, who is a senior in college, and Bryce, who just recently got married and moved to South Dakota. So, so many moving pieces. Amy, why don't you just go ahead and start with where your relationship with the Lord started and your call into ministry and kind of how that's shaped to right now. Hmm. Well... I grew up in a Christian home, but I'm just a second generation Christian. And so I always like to make sure people know that, that it's, it's been an amazing journey to have my parents get saved. I was already in the picture and I started growing up in a non-Christian home. Then they did everything they could to dive in and learn how to raise two little girls in a Christian home. So we didn't have a lot of legalism. They didn't know to make rules about every single thing. They just were trying to understand the Bible and they sang song with us or whatever. So it was a fun childhood and I grew to love the Lord. And then I jumped in and got involved with camps and retreats and conventions, youth conventions. And so all those places just added to my faith and then including attending Indiana Wesleyan when I was a college student. So Uh, The Lord is everything to me. He is my rock. He is who I run to. And I had to learn this. He's who I run to when I am sad or need someone to talk to. I've learned to go to him first instead of to others. And he has just proven faithful. So that's my relationship with him. I love his word. And that plays into the calling that I received. And so I've only been ordained for three years. And maybe about three years before that is when... God started doing something in my heart. And my husband had always been a pastor, and I was happy just walking alongside him. I never was discontent uh, as, a, as a pastor's wife. And so it was something that I was noticing about myself. That's, I think, where the calling began. I just could not get enough of his word. And I think there's a, there's a teaching gift inside of me that he wants, he wanted to develop. I was already teaching at Indiana Wesleyan, but there was just something about learning his word. And every time I read it, I could already see how I could turn that into something that I could explain to someone else. Just Mm -hmm. it always happens like that for me when I read Christian books or whatever. So I was asked to teach a a course for FLAME, which is a, a Wesleyan acronym that is the Fellowship of Leaders Acquiring Ministerial Education. So it was for people who were called into the ministry late in life and they had to start taking classes to get licensed or ordained. And they asked me to teach the psychology portion of that. And so that's what I did. I would teach psychology to these people going into the ministry. And then when we would break or have downtime, 
I would just pepper them with questions about <laughs> what their classes were like. And I, I sensed wanting that. I wanted what they had. And so I, that's what God did. He began to just kind of develop this desire to go for more, to be able to have more grounding in the Bible. When I went to college, we were required to take Old Testament, New Testament, I might have taken a youth class, but that's it. That's all the Bible mm-hmm. I had, and I wanted more. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be theologically correct if I was speaking uh, to a ladies' group or or whatever, and that's what I was doing back then. So as I read the Bible and I peppered these flame students with questions, and I was reading the Word, and I believe God gave me like a ministry verse along the way about being a mouthpiece for Him, I, that's when I knew. I, I don't know if it was a, a moment, but it was a progression mm-hmm. of just knowing. And so when I talked to my husband, he was supportive, and I took all the classes and gotten ordained in 2020 in the middle of COVID. So there was that's hardly incredible. anyone in the room, and we wore masks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds better to me than having everybody staring. Yeah, true. But that's <laughs> awesome. When... You kind of touched on it a little bit when you first got your call and how Jeff was super supportive. By Did you feel supported by the church and by your community and your family? Um, how did that look? Mm, I did. I have, I've always watched the Wesleyan Church except women in ministry. I grew up Wesleyan, and so that was easy to see that it was a possibility for me. Mm-hmm. I saw the models. There weren't a lot, but I saw it. My husband had also grown up in the Wesleyan Church and uh, was supportive of me. I really did feel like it was not going to be a lot of obstacles. My Mm -hmm. family was very supportive, my immediate family and my extended family. And so there's been a couple of uh, bumps along the way, and I can share those here in a minute. And we can tie this question into the next question of, you know, facing opposition and what that looked like, because you said you had a few comments here or there, just little instances Um, And I think those kind of go together as opposites, you know, support and opposition. So if you want to tie that in and touch that there. So when I was going into the pastorate and somebody would make a comment about, you know, Jeff Navin being pastors or whatever, they just automatically assumed I was the doting wife who Mm -hmm. was supporting him as a pastor. And they'd look to him, talk to him about pastoring. They would not address me. And that's, I don't think it was on purpose or malicious at all. They're, they just are used to having male pastors. And so that was it. I even, we had to travel down to Florida for one of my classes and Jeff decided to go with me. He decided to go golfing while I was (laughs) going to class. And so when we met up with the people who were taking us in, they just constantly talked to Jeff about his Mm. classes he was going to take that week. And he's like, nope, talk to her. She's the one taking, oh, oh. And it was just an adjustment for people. And I right. think even to this day, I'll have people say, you're a pastor? Because <laughs> they're not in the Wesleyan church. Or yeah. it's, just, it's just still, uh, there's, we're still a minority, you know. Yeah. Uh, but never never anything really harsh. Uh, once, I, once I got on staff at the church with Jeff, which was a positive experience when he took this to the board, he asked them to just shoot straight. What do they think about not only having a female on staff, but also like his wife? And mm-hmm. so are they okay with that? They were very, they were very complimentary. I guess I had earned, earned their love along the way. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty easy. But once I started preaching, we had one family leave and the, the man said to Jeff, not to me directly, he said, there's too many women on stage. 
and wow. it was like me and maybe the worship leader. And so it's not like right. it was several women preachers, but that was too much for him. He just preferred males. Mm. And I, I know a lot of people who say that. I don't know if I could go to a church with a female pastor, and, and that's fine. I personally don't feel called to be a senior pastor, a mm-hmm. lead pastor. I'm totally okay being in a second or lower role. I'm just more of a detail person, so I'd rather have someone else be the visionary and then tell me, this is what I want you to accomplish, and right. that's what I'll do. So uh, it just works out that I don't have to meet the opposition when it comes to being a lead pastor. So I think that one comment was the only one that was just, we don't want to attend here even. So that was a yeah. bummer, but it wasn't anything that I, f- I felt dejected about either. Like God, right. God had called me and yeah. Yeah, so. that's awesome. I remember the first time that I got a comment like that. I, you know, hadn't really faced opposition. I don't even call it opposition, but I was traveling on a summer ministry team last year and we go to this camp and I'm talking to the nurse and he was like, what are you going to school for? And I was like, oh, I'm going for, you know, youth and pastoral ministries. And he was like, oh, are you going to be a pastor's wife? And I was like, <laughs> oh no, I'm going to be a pastor. And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, well, I, I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm going to do that. And <laughs> I was just like so shocked that he, you know, just made those comments and realizing you know, I think it was in a Assemblies of God camp, so mm-hmm. not Wesleyan. And when you get outside of the Wesleyan bubble, there's just so many people who are like, women in ministry, I'm not sure about that. And having to navigate that is always very interesting. Mm-hmm. So the next question I want to ask is kind of two-part, is how have you worked to empower other women? And then being a mother of now two daughters who are doing ministry, uh, your daughter Jordan, who is woman of the world and, you know, just got back from Ghana, Africa and hearing those stories, I was just like, man, one day <laughs> she's not going to come back and that's going to be hard. And then Cheyenne, who's now serving in a church in South Dakota, how have you worked to also empower both of them as not only your daughters who you love, but also just as women in the ministry? Mm. Well, maybe I'll start general. I I not only saw women in ministry and they were models to me and like listened to evangelists that were women and I try to do the same. And I don't know that I even do it consciously all the time. I just have had comments after the fact. Uh, I've been thinking about going into the ministry, but I, I in fact, I'll, I'll back up a second. I did a wedding this past winter and the crowd there was just, I think it was new to them to have a female preaching the word and Mm -hmm. marrying the couple. And so I had a woman come up to me saying she had thought about going into ministry, but she'd never had a model or seen someone do it. And so it was exciting for me to hear that. I didn't go into that wedding saying, I'm going to be a model to all the people. But God's using that. When I preach to our church and we've got teenagers in the crowd or college students who are in ministry, or maybe they're even in education or social work or whatever, they they see that women can can preach, can mm-hmm. lead. So I think that that's one way that I am trying to invest in another generation. I have some people at our church that are going into the ministry, females. Uh, so I've had them to my house and um, tried to mentor them in that way, just encourage their faith, staying close to Jesus, and then encouraging them as they want to lead as mm-hmm. well. Specifically about my daughter, Jordan, she 
is a social work major in global ministries, so she believes that she may have mission work on her radar for her future. And that's kind of how we've seen her life developing. We'll we'll let God, uh, she's only a senior in college, so we'll see what God does after this. But she also is doing an internship with children at our church and finding she loves it. She loves the behind the scenes administration and the relational part and having time for both. And so she's, she's enjoying that. So we wonder if God's going to use her social work and ministry degree to kind of become mm-hmm. a children's pastor or, or something along those lines. And so I think me just becoming a pastor is a model for her. Being able to talk through ministry things mm-hmm. is, is definitely a household conversation. And yeah, it's just exciting to see where God is leading her and, and we will support whatever, whatever she hears him telling her to do. Mm-hmm. With Cheyenne, my daughter-in-law... She came into school as a ministry major, but she had grown up in a non-Christian home. And so when she and my son, Bryce, began to date, she just peppered us with questions Mm -hmm. about church life and women in ministry and theology. And she just was a sponge. And so it was easy. It was easy to just pour into her because she Mm -hmm. wanted it and she was asking for it. And so... That was something that bonded us. I'm probably, and this will come up here in a minute about working with my husband. I am a little bit more dominant than him in personality. <laughs> I'm more extroverted. I'm quick-witted, and I can think of something to say a little quicker than him. And so Cheyenne found out pretty quickly that to get Jeff talking, she just had to ask about ministry because he's more quiet, and he's just more even-keeled and just an observer even though he is a leader, he can turn that on uh, mm-hmm. and then he needs to turn it off and just take a nap when he's been with people because he's an introvert. Yeah. So she just learned with his personality, ask him a ministry question. And she's she didn't know she was getting close to her father-in-law at the time. They just started dating, but mm-hmm. um, very quickly learned, ah, that's how I get close to him is like <laughs> ask him about his work. So Yep. Yep. That's awesome. And then Perfectly ties into just ministry alongside Jeff, not only now as you guys are on staff together, but also, you know, the years leading up as you, you know, you were the youth pastor's wife and then you were the pastor's wife and now you're pastors together. Mm-hmm. And just how has that ministry looked? How has it shaped your marriage? How has your marriage shaped your ministry? How is that tied together? Because I think that's pretty unique. That doesn't always happen where both the husband and the wife are in ministry and then for them to be in ministry together. And so I think that's awesome and something I know a lot of people may want one day to do ministry alongside their spouse in one way or the other. And you've kind of hit almost every kind of tier in that. So um, if you want to talk a little bit on that. Sure. I love ministry. And I'll say that first, even though I'm going to tell you some hard things that I have gone through. (laughs) But I have an urgency in me to see the lost saved and that came when I was 13. So that was well before I even met Jeff or got a call to ministry. Mm-hmm. God was using something happening in my heart, a recognition that my several of my grandparents may not be in heaven. And so he just used this as a teenage girl to say, you know, I don't want anyone to perish. And so I've, I've just been all in. And, and I have heard statistics of many, many pastors, male pastors, uh, who are not in ministry anymore, largely due to their wife's attitude about ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I was one of those wives that wanted to be be there alongside him. Yeah. So he was a youth pastor and he 
was leading our youth group differently than my youth pastor led mine growing up. Mm. My youth pastor was very wild and crazy and charismatic, and Jeff was very purposeful. And so if Jeff made a a game to play, it had to do with the lesson. And it, you mm. know, so he was, again, uh, yeah, planned and purposeful. But I, he could tell by my face in the crowd that I just was disapproving, like mm. that, you know, you're not doing this right. And I only had one model. He only had, he had no model. He had three people in his youth group. So he came from a very small church. So we began to talk about that. Like, how do I encourage him? Not like have a look on my face that was like, you're doing this all wrong. Mm-hmm. And he could read me very well. And so we decided that I, for a time, I would go work in children's ministry. I totally supported him and was still there and on board and you know totally involved in the church. But just give him the space to be the leader he needed to be mm-hmm. in the youth group. And then maybe I would be a sponsor for various things like Cedar Point or, you know, but not there every week and not involved in the, you know, the planning meetings so that he could figure that out. He liked, he loved the idea. So we split up. We got some opposition in the church from that, Mm. that I should be with the teens because my husband was with the teens. And we just said, no, for the sake of our marriage, we've made this decision. And we just kind of stuck to our guns. We weren't unkind, but... It, he flourished. He became mm-hmm. who he needed to be with his personality. And then I learned to just let it happen. And that's hard for me to not control or not rescue yeah. or whatever. And but I and I was a young wife, and so I had to learn those things. Then uh, we we went through some hard times in ministry, or you would hear things behind the scenes that like maybe people talked about you or something, and that was very very hard. And I just. Now I understand why you need to be called into ministry because it's something that you would not, you'd rather just hang it up, go make more money in the workplace right. or than continue to get sheep bite, as my husband calls it, you know, uh, people who just backstab or, or, um, or talk. And so that is hard to not want to stick, to want to stick up for yourself and really have to keep your yeah. mouth shut and to want to say, well, this is the truth, you know, as they've talked to people about something that's not the truth. So those are those are very hard times in ministry. And even to this day, I, I still teach at Indiana Wesleyan and do um, do a counseling practice and also pastor with my husband. And out of the three jobs I have, ministry is absolutely the hardest. It's mm-hmm. just trying to love people where they are. And it's hard. Yeah. So working next to Jeff, we continue to deal with our separate personality, our different, you know, we, we haven't changed all that much, although I hope we have matured. Mm-hmm. We have just watched each other, rec- and we'll laugh about it now. We'll, you know, like, I'm the first one to say, we got to do this, you know, and he'll be like, now, wait a minute, we, we need to take like 10 years to make a decision on that. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're killing me. And so... It's just something that we'll laugh about. He calls me the fire under him, and I'm the, yeah, I'm the fire under him, and he's the bucket of water on me because of our, our personalities. But we've recognized that he can take a lot of my emotion and the things that I think of right away without a filter mm. and then put it through his filter and his logic and then decide, yes, let's address this with the church or with the board, uh, or no, let's pray on that for a while. And so I've, I've had to learn to submit better each mm-hmm. step of the way and uh, learn to work with him in such a way, in, in our case, to let him lead. He is the lead pastor. And so we've just had to figure out, when do I bring up church stuff? You know, is it, 
you know, and another thing in the middle of the dining room, you know, yeah. supper time, or do I just wait and try and be a little more professional? Another hurdle we've had as a couple is not being able to just talk straight to each other when you're in front of other people. So if mm-hmm. we have four other staff members sitting there in a staff meeting, I can't just roll my eyes at my husband or I can't just say, <laughs> well, that's a dumb idea or whatever. I just sound yeah. terrible right now when I say all these examples. <laughs> but it's it, then you see people's eyebrows go up like, oh, my, you know, she's yeah. trying to wear the pants in the family or she's a little harsh or whatever. So, again, with my dominant personality, I've had to learn to be like, Take a step back, mm-hmm. like word it as if I would word it in another, any other professional setting. When we're in a staff meeting, you know, how do I present my thoughts as not contradictory to Jeff or whatever? It's just yeah. thrown in the pot for us all to wrestle with and brainstorm. Does that does that yeah. make sense? Okay. Yeah. Learning how to, you know, when you're at work, you are pastors who work on the same staff. And when yes. you're at home, you're husband and wife and yes. learning the balance of that and trying to navigate where sometimes it can overlap, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be times at home when you are at the dinner table and it's okay to bring those up. Other times it's like, no, we're we're having date night. We're, yes. we're intentionally dating one another and just finding that balance. And there's probably going to be many times when you're going to have to keep learning that and <laughs> keep navigating that. But that's awesome. Last question. I just want to kind of see your vision of where you want the church to go. And especially with women in ministry, where do you where do you see the church and where do you see the role of women in the future church, knowing that, you know, we have a huge role in that. We have to fight to bring the lost in, as you talked about your heart for the lost. Where do you see that going and where's your hope for the church in the future? My hope has been for a long, long time. My prayer has been that people would completely surrender and be devoted to Christ that there's no lukewarm, there's no one foot in the world and one foot in the church. We just need depth in the church. We do not need people who are just surfacy. And so that's my longing, just to be a part of helping people find that depth. And so we might say that in the church, find your identity in Christ, be, you know, sit in silence with the Lord. And they're like, what? I don't know what to do. And so <laughs> that's that's my role, to equip them and to... Mm-hmm to help them. I don't know if that has to be specific to a woman, but that just seems to be my heart and mm-hmm. how to how to just continue to walk by people and, and help them raise their kids to be completely devoted and to prioritize yeah. God and the church and just doesn't seem to happen as often as, as it used to with times changing. So that's my heart. For women in the in the role of ministry, it does seem like we have at first glance, a more tender heart to God's voice. And Mm -hmm. so, and again, that doesn't mean that men don't or that uh, we do it better or anything, but Mm -hmm. I just see God using us in more of a role that is, if he he was just use who's available. And if Mm -hmm. women make themselves available, he'll just, he'll use them. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just believe that women need to be faithful. They need to be, have their own time in the word and surrendered to God so that they are equipped to be able to lead. And I just think that people, us ministers can lead people who are even older than us and have walked with the Lord longer than us. Yeah. If they know we've been in the word and we've been with Jesus, mm. they're willing to follow that. If we're just using our, using our own personality or our own wits, that'll only take us so far until we just burn out. Mm. And so that's, that's just something that I, I would want to Rewind, remind women of, I do not want to be a woman who bashes men. 
Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a woman who just decides that women can do it better. Or Mm -hmm. I just believe that there's a place for all of us to use our gifts. And kind of like Jeff and I, I I, uh, tend to be a little emotional, but not illogical. He tends to be more logical, um, not devoid of emotion, but you don't see it in him as much. (laughs) And so how do we use those for the better of our marriage and the better of parenting and the better of ministry? Same if I'm on staff with men and women, how do we use each of our gifts to kind of complement one another and and just excel and succeed that way instead mm-hmm. of just deciding that we women have to fight for a place and yeah. you know and put them down to do it and that's just not me or how I think that that could be a com- you know something yeah. good could be accomplished yeah through that so yeah it's awesome to hear just acknowledging that like we all have a place in the ministry even those not called in a ministry, we have a place in ministry, right? We're, yes. we're all the body. We all have different parts to serve the kingdom, and that's incredible. Well, Amy, I, I want to thank you, one, for just being on this podcast and sharing your insight, but also just being one who is, when I think of somebody who is so in love with the Lord, I think of you, mm-hmm. and I think of your daughter. I mean, one of my birthday gifts one year, she gave me a notebook that she had made scrapbooked all together and it was just full of prayers that she had prayed over the years for me. And that's to this day, the most treasured gift I have. And that's something that you instilled in her. Um, that's something you have instilled in yourself. I, you know, the other night we were hanging out, our families uh, having such a sweet time. And we got a call that my grandpa was having a stroke. And when I left, my immediate thought was, this is a good place to get the call because I know I'm leaving behind three prayer warriors and I knew that we were going to be prayed over. You have instilled that in your family mm-hmm. and you have led them to know the Lord better and to be more intentional with the Lord. And it's something you and Jeff have done together. I'm not, you know, not all praise to you and nothing to Jeff. Right. Um, you guys have just done an incredible job of raising a family to know the Lord and to do ministry together. Um, you guys are a family I love dearly for so many reasons. Also one that I, I want my family to look something like yours, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to raise my kids to know the Lord. I want to do ministry alongside my husband. Mm -hmm. And I think that's incredible. Um, And just having this conversation and learning a little more about the the inner parts of ministry in your life. Mm -hmm. So thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing uh, just your story. Yeah, my pleasure. And we will see you back on the Defining Yes podcast next week.